We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders Week 5 Edition. I am Britt Devine uh, here with my good friend Daniel Kelly. Uh, Daniel, Week 4, some ups, some downs. The, the bets I had didn't do too good on the show. Yours did well. DFS was a little up and down for me as well. Um, but hey, right, every week is a new week in the NFL, and uh, Week 5 looks pretty fun to me. Yeah, if we got it perfect every week, we'd have a uh, higher paying job than we have now. But as long as you're more up than down. I wouldn't have a higher paying. I would not be here if I got it right every week, right? You, you just get it right every week for a year and then you're, you're set for life, right? Gambling, making a lot of money is a high paying job. It still counts. <laughs> it is. Uh, so what we're going to do here this week is uh, we always like to jump right into it and get into uh, a lot of the stuff Daniel does a pro football focus. And uh, one of the things he does there every week as he looks at the what we learned from week four and how we can apply that to look that forward. I always like to review my lineups I do for the premium members at Roto-Grinders, right? I do the Millionaire Maker reviews uh, of both last year and uh, bi-weekly. I do a little article trying to recap what's getting you to the top of lineups. So looking back and a little bit of self-reflection on your own lineups and on the NFL can always help you moving forward. So what are a couple key takeaways we can pull from your article here, Daniel, that might help us in week five or even in the future for DFS. My first one is the uh, this Eagles run defense is insane right now. They've faced four decent name running backs as the number ones. Darius Geis, Devontae Freeman, Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones. Those four guys have combined for 97 yards on 54 carries. That's 1.8 yards per carry. I, I went back and looked just at, for funsies because I thought it was interesting. In the entire, since the merger in 1970, there's been one running back with at least 50 carries, one player with at least 50 carries, and under that yards per carry. And it is a guy whose name I cannot even remember now because I'd never heard of him before. He had eight <laughs> carries for his it's entire Devonta Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 
The, the next three games the Eagles play, they play, they face Le'Veon Bell, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. These are all huge name guys that I'm not touching anywhere. You do not want to play a running back against the uh, Eagles run defense. They're insane right now. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking at Bella, his price around the industry, at least on DraftKings. There's so many other names around him this week. I think his ownership's going to be low. I don't even know if I'm going to play the ownership game with Bell this week. There's just yeah. too many other good plays right around that, and you, you just sort of reinforced it right there. Uh, what's something else from your article that you wanted to point out for us? Uh, Tampa Bay has a running game. Uh, last year, Ronald Jones came in as second-round rookie and was a disaster. Couldn't have been much worse without dying on the field this year he has had three games already with more yards in one game than he had all last year and the most important thing is last year or last week he finally played more snaps than Peyton Barber last week he saw 36 snaps Peyton Barber only saw 18 so now he's the number one in that offense if if it keeps that way going forward and they're running the ball more than we thought so I think Jones could put himself on the fantasy radar sooner rather than later yeah here's the problem this week right it's against the Saints and that is a no go that's that's the stay away zone so what we're hoping what I'm hoping is that maybe some people use him this week but I'm hoping in the future right that keeps his ownership down just a little bit and then week six, week seven, maybe we can go back to that and get Ronald Jones. Maybe he's still in a 36-18, right? Two-thirds of the carries. That's good in today's NFL if you're a running back. And he's cheap, and we're able to make that work. So uh, a couple of really good points there from Daniel on things we can look forward in the future for DFS. Uh, let's move into the current week. Uh, let's talk a little bit of showdown. Uh, and I do a lot of the Thursday through Monday slates. I'm sort of anti-showdown personally. They took away my Thursday through Mondays. I like those. Um, but this is a really interesting game. This would be one of the best games of the, the week if it was on the main slate between the Rams, who just weren't a game that scored a bajillion points, and that's the Seahawks that have a really good offense too. So where do you see, what's like an edge, a couple of certain players, any good statistics we can give the people to, to maybe get a one-up on their, their showdown lineups tomorrow? Well, I found this interesting, and it's possible this is noise more than signal, but it might not be. But the, the Rams were an absolutely lights-out pass defense for the first three weeks, and part of that was the teams were trying to throw short on them. Cam Newton had a 7.0 yard every depth of target against them. Teddy Bridgewater was 7.7 yards. Baker Mayfield was 8.7. Then Jameis comes out and throws for 9.4 yards per target uh, on the Rams and had a huge game. Well, so far this year, Russell Wilson's dot 9.6 yards, even deeper than what Jameis did. So if the, if the deep way is the way to attack the Rams, this could be a good time for Wilson to go against Let me give you a counterpoint, too. Cam Newton, trash. Teddy Bridgewater, trash. Baker Mayfield, trash. Jameis Winston, he's an actual good quarterback. Very fair. That's why it could be more noise than signal, but I do think it's an interesting point. I, I, I totally see where you're coming from, and I'm not going to argue with you. Well, the, what I'm saying is Russell, Russell Wilson's one of the best like three or four quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion, too. So if, if he's able to, to light it up, look out for the passing game in this game. Uh, the other one, too, is we got to keep an eye on, on Chris Carson, you know, just bowling people over left and right here because we know what the Seahawks want to do, right? They want to be able to get up, and they want to be able to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to do this. The, the Rams offense looks like it's going to be uh, plenty explosive to be able to put up points in this game. So well, what do you have for me on Chris Carson in this one? Well, Carson uh, didn't fumble last week, which – Hallelujah. That's noteworthy, but finally did it right. And he's one of only four players with at least eight force missed tackles on receptions and at least eight force missed tackles on, on rushes. He breaks tackles like crazy. Well, the Rams have a 54.2 PFF tackling grade. That's well below average. So it's, it's a great matchup for if they can run the ball as much as they want to, Carson to feed. Uh, if you have to pick a Rams receiver, right? So I'm looking in, I uh, mentioned I like those Thursday through Monday contests. Uh, I don't know what's going on at DraftKings. The 
Uh, the Rams wide receivers, Robert Woods is 5,400 after his massive game. And Brandon Cooks, I believe, is 5,300. These guys are playable. Um, I, I normally like to fade the Thursday players in my cash games unless the value is really good. They're both kind of popping uh, point per dollar. I think they have a lot of upside. Is there a specific matchup you think are – I'm just a little worried the Rams, right? Jared Goff is dinking and dunking all over the field. He's not really throwing it deep to Cooks. And I know Cooks has been able to to keep up his fantasy production. Um, but this new Rams offense looks like they're just dinking and dunking all over the field. I, I think I like Woods if you're playing all that um, Thursday through Sunday slate. And uh, I think Woods and Cup are still my preferred options if you're doing the showdown as well. I think, I mean, you can't go wrong with Cup right now. He's insane. We'll talk more about that during when we talk about uh, Scott's expected fantasy piece later in the show. Mm -hmm. But look, coming into last week, it was Woods, I, I called him one piece. He was like the anti-Goldilocks because Cup was having more success in these little dink and dunk short plays. Cooks was getting all the chunk plays. Woods wasn't quite as shallow as Cup, wasn't quite as deep as Cooks, and he wasn't doing anything. So it was just wrong, I guess you'd say. And it wouldn't shock me if it goes back to this. Part of the reason the Rams had so much success on Sunday was the Buccaneers are garbage against the slot. Well, the Seahawks aren't garbage against the slot. I think that we may see a chunk player two out of Cooks, assuming Jared Goff can get it to him. Jared Goff's terrifying right now, but I, I kind of like Cooks right now. Is Gurley – Gurley's probably the easiest – known quantity i think to fade right against seattle only five rushes last week now he got it going in the passing game which was really nice that was sort of missing from his repertoire he's probably gonna get more than five carries in this first game he's been okay but um you know i think i'd rather have all parts of the passing game i think i might want to play carson too uh i, th I think Gurley would probably be the one guy I'm, I'm most interested in in at least having lower exposure to out of the studs yeah, especially if we're playing the Thursday to Sunday when you've got the Colts and the Chiefs and the 40. I mean, oh, man, a, a short lot of week, short week girly, there's no way he gets a big workload. Right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, I think that's a, a quick little showdown if you want more stuff on that uh, and you're a premium member. We always got all kinds of kinds of stuff for you. That. And PFF, right? We had, hey, Kevin Cole, he was like, hey, let's go to PFF. He does it for you guys over there, too. So, you can check out the uh, – now, we call it Slate IQ. He's got a great article over there. He, yes, he goes super deep. It's crazy. Yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into uh, – I, I got I to make uh, a couple of my bets a little bit better than last. I had the Cowboys, and if you would have told me, right, the Cowboys lost to the Saints and the Saints didn't score a touchdown, I would have thought you were crazy. But that's what happened because Jason Garrett decided to roll back the clock to 2015 and slam Ezekiel Elliott up the middle – 15 times against the team that we just said is a no-go against the run game so I think maybe I ran bad on that but hey right if you lose a bet you always run bad at least that's what you got to say <laughs> in this in, in this business so I'm coming back with a couple maybe it's fishy right but this Pats minus 15 this green line doesn't agree green line agrees with me on my my other one green line disagrees with me on this one I can pull it up here um I don't want to give away what it is so I'll pull it up in a second but uh if the Giants can go in and beat Washington by more than 15. The Redskins, what's their quarterback plan? Directly from the head coach. We don't have one. I mean, what do you think Bill Belichick is going to do to a team that's falling apart at the seams, has no plan? Uh, I just see the the Patriots steamrolling them. Uh, of course, a late touchdown, a, a late field goal or something. Weird things happen in the fourth quarter of these games. But I think Belichick's probably, after what happened, right, with Brady throwing the pick and then a special teams touchdown, I don't think he's going to let that happen again. Uh, and I think the Pats just kind of rolled away with this one. So this is anti-green line. Uh, do you have a do you have a take on that game? 
Well, it was, I, I agreed with you on that Cowboys take last week, but what I did on the show was I was like, if you're wrong, here's how it would go. And I got, I, I, I was wrong, but I was right in this one. If you're wrong, I have no idea how that happens. I can't, it, it there's a way, I guess, Washington, you know, maybe Chris Thompson breaks something. I, you'd have to break come up with the weirdest scenarios for it to come out. I can't give you a scenario. I mean, so Keenum's, just, Keenum's in a walking boot. Colt McCoy is, is Colt McCoy. He's probably going to start. Dwayne Haskins looked like absolute garbage. There's no way they can play him. I mean, they're just, it's sacrificial lambs at quarterback. Up there, yeah. It's, it, it, I, I don't know what they're doing other than failing right now. And it's, I, I mean, you got to feel bad for some of the guys there, but I just don't see how they can compete. All Meanwhile, right. the Patriots have the easiest schedule you've ever seen. This has been an amazing run, and it doesn't even end yet. They still have an easy schedule. Yeah, uh, if, like they, they're if you're looking for the easiest way to add fantasy points to like your season long team, and you play in a league with defense, trade for the Patriots defense Seriously. because there's no cheaper way to add actual points to your to your league. I think for the next couple of weeks. Uh, all right, what are a couple teams you're looking at for bets this week? I think we're we're both fishes with these huge uh, these huge favorites right now. Yeah, I, I feel I said I feel terrible about it, but I've got the Eagles minus fourteen. They're, the the Jets quarterback is either going to be Luke Falk, who looked basically like Dwayne Haskins, oh. or Sam Darnold, who yeah. one hit and his spleen might explode. Yeah. Like, it's down to thirteen and a half. This is this is going to kind of go if Darnold's in this, right? I think I think I'd want to wait, right? So like to find out who the start, starting quarterback. I don't want to bet this and Darnold comes in and it drops to like twelve and I'm getting the bad side of it, right? I think. This is going to go with the other game I'm going to talk about. I think I might want to wait on this one. Right? I can see that. I, I, I'm i pretty sure I would bet Philly no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. But if you can get those few extra points and, and the line drops, I'm fine with that. But the, the Jets' one weapon is Le'Veon Bell. We just talked about it. You can't run in the Eagles. I don't know how they put up any points in this game. Yeah, Luke Falk is uh, – he's just – I mean – it's bad when he's your your quarterback in, in yeah. an NFL franchise. There's got to be better quarterbacks than Luke Falk somewhere out there in the, in the entire <laughs> universe. Uh, so the other one, uh, I don't know if you guys could have guessed who I was talking about, but it's the Titans. They're currently minus three, and this kind of hinges on Josh Allen. I think it opened at one, minus one. Uh, if Josh Allen's outright, the market's at three. Greenline has this at minus four, so Greenline agrees with me on this one pretty hard. Um, I, I don't think Matt Barkley – is going to be able to do much against the Titans on the road. Uh, I think the Titans have enough offense to sort of grind out a victory pretty easily. Um, I, I think four and a half is, is probably even good. That's sort of what I, I would have it at. I see this at three. The one thing I don't want to do is bet it at three, and then Josh Allen comes in and it moves a little bit closer to a pick em. Uh So this is one I would wait on if uh, Allen is ruled out and the line stays around three. Uh, I think I, I, I like the Titans quite a bit so that's when I like I think you can even take the under the under is really low and I know Greenline likes the over a little bit but both, both of these defenses the Bills offense is going to be absolutely anemic without Josh Allen and the Titans they'll be able to score 17 or 20 but uh, I don't see the Bills even putting up remotely even like more than 13 or something like that so uh, I think you could take the under on this one as well uh, all right we'll get out of our bets uh, you got one final one for us here uh, I like the Packers covered against Dallas. You know, we saw it's it's sort of the example of are they who we thought they were because the Packers had a great defense weeks one through three, ran into a good offense in the Eagles and struggled. Dallas had a great offense weeks one through three, ran into a good defense and struggled. So which one was for real? Well, the Packers, for me, they gave up a lot of touchdowns to Carson Wentz, but it was still only 160 passing yards. So I think that defense is legit. Meanwhile, the Cowboys terrified me. Uh, that that offense looked so scary in week four that I, I'm, I'm thinking the Packers kind of rolled them on the, as road dogs in this one. Yeah, you got to hope that maybe Jason Garrett and uh, they, they changed their offense back to what was working. I don't know why 
they decided to do what they did in New Orleans. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I'm still pissed I lost that bet from last week. But, hey, uh, I like the Packers uh, quite a bit here as well. I think that offense, even without Devontae Adams, no Devontae Adams doesn't scare you at all, right? No. I'll get into that when we talk about tight ends as a spoiler alert, but no, it doesn't scare me. All right, let's get into uh, this week of DFS. We always like to start at the quarterback position. Uh, We've got studs, some duds, some value players. Uh, Why don't we start at the top? Let's talk a couple of studs, and I think you're going a little bit uh, off of the projected ownership, right? So I'm looking at guys on our projected ownership for the early uh, main slate. We've got Watson up near the top, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, a lot of known quantities. Uh, you're going a little bit lower than that with some of your studs in here. Uh, so let's uh, let's try to hash this out on what the good plays actually are. Yeah, well, I, I like Kyler Murray this week. He's faced he's faced so far Detroit, Baltimore, Carolina, and Seattle. None of those are great defenses, but they're all decent defenses. I mean, this week he gets Cincinnati. Cincinnati has uh, the worst tackling grade and the second worst coverage grade on BFF, and this game has a huge is likely to have a huge pace. Arizona's averaging the second most uh, plays per game. Cincinnati's, I think, 14th, something like that. So everything is set up for Kyler Murray to just have a monster game this week. Yeah, I like Murray, too. Uh, a couple of his targets are, are going to be out, but uh, I still think Fitzger- just- Fitzgerald, David Johnson, I think it, it shortens the questions, right? It's a lot easier to stack because right. I think we have the known quantities of where the ball's going to end up. Yeah, you, you use Murray, you toss Fitzgerald and or Johnson, you can use all three of them, and I'm fine with that. And there's no more question marks. Yes, maybe Andy Isabella, maybe Keyshawn Johnson, but it's really just those three guys and have a good time. Uh, so one, uh, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. He's the chalkiest quarterback of the week. I think for good reason, right? He's at home. He's going up against Atlanta. Atlanta's getting torched left and right. Uh, their grades on pass coverage uh, and uh, pass rush aren't bad. Their pass rush grade's actually good uh, for Atlanta, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping for Watson to really just be able to do all, all that he does here. He's going to have a full assortment of weapons. Uh, I like him quite a bit. Atlanta's allowing the ninth most fantasy points per game to quarterback. Uh, on the opposite side, I'm going to talk about Matty Ice in a second, but it's really tough for me uh, to not see him put up 300-plus yards. He's doing it every single week. So is Houston going to be able to stop him? Probably not. Um, I'm hoping Kiki QT gets in there for Kenny Stills because that's like a real NFL offense when you have – available options on all depths of the field not just Kenny Stills Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins all getting 10 plus a dots right that just doesn't work all all too good in an NFL offense you got to spread it around so I'm hoping Kiki gets in there mixes it up a little bit he's going to be pretty popular and if you want to stack him with Hopkins and Julio it gets expensive but I mean that could just be that could be a massive slate breaking type of combo or game stack there so I think Watson's good uh, if I had to guess right now in tournaments, I'd probably be a little bit underweight. I like a little uh, some of the lower-owned quarterbacks, uh, I think, this week. Um, but Watson's really good. If he ends up as your cash game quarterback, I don't really think I have a problem with that. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to toss it back to you. Uh, we've got uh, let's let's talk some Philip Rivers, right? I know like Inman's on the IR. I mean, who's he going to throw the ball to? But he, he's just he gets it done seemingly every week, no matter who, who's catching the ball for. Yeah. Rivers is almost always more of a cash play than a tournament play because no running game. He doesn't have a huge upside, but he's got a massive floor. But the the way to beat up on the Chargers is to break up that O-line. And with Denver Denver losing Bradley Chubb this week for the rest of the season, their they're already struggling defense is going to be even worse. Rivers is always going to throw the ball to Keenan Allen. I, I, I love his monster floor this week. He's got 23 or more DraftKings points in three or four games. You probably don't know that. 
and that's like you said with no rushing as highest on the season's 12 which is actually pretty high for Philip Rivers in a single game and 12 rushing yards but the 300 yard bonus he's hit that in three out of four games he's he's very he's like Maddie Ice right he just he's gonna get you the 300 yards Keenan Allen he should have had even more on that Keenan Allen play last week I'm still tilting about that that touchdown pass interference I mean there's there's they, they <laughs> give you pass interference replays to get the call right and then when they don't get it right it's really frustrating but yeah I like Rivers and Rivers is coming in uh, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, 3% own this week. So if you want to play him in DFS, uh, I, I still think – what do you, you think is going to happen with this running back game? Do you think you can still play him with Eckler, still play him with Keenan Allen? I, I have no issue playing with Eckler at least this week because I just can't imagine they come in and give Melvin Gordon that full run straight away. Mm-hmm. And Eckler, Eckler for all – you know, he's a pass-catching back. So I could see a, a Rivers-Eckler stack working in a, in a game with Denver struggled to stop running backs. All I right. think maybe down the road we have to worry about it a little bit, but this week, no issue. All right. I'm going to talk about Matty Ice because he's someone I really like. Devin, if you want to pop up uh, the screen share here, I'll give you a little spiel on why I want to talk about Matty Ice. So eight straight <laughs> games of at least three total touchdowns or a 300-yard bonus. Those are all things that really play well on DraftKings. The Texans defense, if you go to our tool, Gridiron IQ, I don't have that game pulled up. Um, But they're basically all green, the Texans defense in pass defense, which is when you see a defense in all green, that should that lights up like Christmas that taking offensive players in the passing game from that is generally good here. So they got the 27th and coverage grade on PFF, but third on pass rush grade. So maybe you're worried about the pass rush. Good news. Ryan been respectable under pressure this year. Uh, If you look at GIQ, he's inside right that's always where where Matt Ryan does good one of the things for season long and best ball right why did I like a lot of Matt Ryan 13 indoor games this year it's really hard to pass that up this week's no different Uh, and then if you look at the wide receiver cornerback chart on pro football focus sort by advantage I've got Julio Jones with the third best I've got Calvin Ridley with the eighth best so two of the top eight advantage matchups uh, wide receiver cornerback how does Matty Ice fail? You're getting him at a half or a third of the ownership of Deshaun Watson. Uh, I much prefer the Atlanta side in this game. Uh, you can get some good targets to, to shoot it out with. It comes a little cheaper. You get lower ownership, and I think it has just as much upside too. So Matty Ice, if he's going to be 5 or 6% owned that we currently have, uh, I'm going to be doubling or even tripling that in tournaments this week. Yeah, the, neither one of these situations is a shadow situation. So Julio and Ridley are both going to see plenty of Lonnie Johnson and Jonathan Joseph. John Joseph is tied for the most receptions allowed by any cornerback this year. This is going to be a pepper these receivers game and just let it let's see the points add up. Yeah, I think uh, the ownership's probably going to creep up a little bit, maybe like 7 or 8%, but I'm still, uh, if I got a double or even triple that, I have like 15 to 20% of Matty Ice. Uh, I, I really like that. Just He's not going to be the reason I, I lose money in DFS this week, I think, if I use him as my quarterback. Uh, all right, let's get a couple of value plays. Let's talk the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. I mean, that game, Island game, looked absolutely horrible. John Ross is gone now. How, how on earth can we use uh, Andy Dalton? I'm joking. That's, that, of course, <laughs> that's part of the that's part of the virtue is everyone's going to be off him after that game. And I don't I'm not big on these soft actors thing. But man, Dalton always struggles in the primetime games. We know that. Well, he's still even after that game with as bad as that game was, he is top 10 in the year in dropbacks, attempts, completions, passing yards. He's having a fine fantasy season, especially for Andy Dalton. And like I said, when I talk about Kyler Murray, this game's going to be at a big pace. He's going to get a lot of chances to put up points. 
Tyler Boyd's still going to be around and tack, rack up a bunch of targets. Auden Date has come out of nowhere to have, what, 14 targets the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. They've got weapons still. Tyler Eifert is a tight end playing against Arizona. Woo. There's going to be ways for them to score points. You mentioned Auden Tate, one of the most popular receivers this week because he's just $3,500 on drafting. Of course. So people are going to be jamming him in, and uh, I think for good reason against uh, any, anybody against the Cardinals, especially, especially tight ends. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, I think Auden Tate. And uh, Andy Dalton in tournaments, right? You can pair him with Tyler Boyd. You got Tate. You got Eifert. And I think you can play Mixon too, right? So you, you just kind of rotate those around some GPP targets, run it back with Fitz or David Johnson, and you got yourself a pretty good tournament team, in, in my opinion. Uh, you also have Mason Rudolph in here. So one of the things, um, you know, Josh ADHD, he tweeted, he was tweeting out, he does all these fancy tools for us, right? The ADOT of Mason Rudolph, I, I called the Steelers the Saints North because it's just, it's checked down, it's checked down, it's, it's, it's all this other stuff. And uh, it's a little worrisome. What game plan are they actually going to run out against the Ravens? They're going to try to do this wildcat again. Who knows? Probably not against the division, uh, divisional team, but you, you never know what they're really doing here. So what has you liking Mason Rudolph? He's going to be really low owned. I do like, I mean, he's got some you know, he's got Connor and Samuels and Juju and Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Vance McDonald's back, right? They, he, there's really good skill position players around. Yeah. For the long run, I don't love, like you said, the, the low A dot thing, because it's not, it's not a recipe for long-term success for a quarterback. But Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson are both top 20 in the league in yards after catch for reception. And the fun thing is Mason Rudolph has the, the lowest percentage of his yards coming uh, before the catch. 30% of his yards are coming before the catch. I mean, 70% of his yards are coming after the catch. But no team in the league is allowing more yards after the catch than the Ravens at 668 yards. So long term, I think this will come back to bite Rudolph. But this week, it is the exact perfect recipe. Receivers who can do a lot after the catch, a defense that can't stop you after the catch. Um, the one other quarterback I want to talk about, he's going to be mildly popular, is, of course, Jameis Winston, uh, the winner of millions uh, at least his targets, Chris Godwin. I think Goff ended up winning the Millionaire Maker last week, uh, if I recall. But Winston's just he, – he's going to be reasonably popular, but I, I still think he should be able to get it done. You, you don't run against the Saints. We Hey, Zeke, why did he have like 36 yards? Because like, you don't run against the Saints. I don't think they're going to try to bang their head against the wall trying to ram Ronald Jones up through the middle of the line for 1.5 yards of carry. Winston's going to be airing it out this game. I'm a little worried that without Drew Brees, right, it's a little slower of a game. It's a little more run focused. There's a couple more stoppages in play and things like that. But I, I still think Winston um, should be able to light up Lattimore. Evans, uh, he can crush Lattimore. I like Godwin's matchup pretty well. It's really easy to figure out where the targets are going with Winston. Too. It's, that's another one. I mean, we, we're, we've been saying this a lot. The guys where you know exactly who to stack have such a built-in value there. Mm-hmm. And earlier we thought, you know, Winston was going to have the, the Evans and the Godwin and the O.J. Howard. Well, we're not stacking with O.J. Howard now, yeah. so that really just brings it down to an easier easier equation. Yeah. O.J. Howard, he gone out of the player pool. He, does, he doesn't exist to me, I think, for the rest of the season. If, if O.J. Howard beats me some week, I will relook at that. But to me, O.J. Howard, uh, he's usually not in my turn. One of my worst calls of the year. Uh, all right, let's talk a couple of duds. We'll get on out of here to a new position. All right, well, we talked a little bit about Dak Prescott, but I, I still trust the Green Bay defense. Jair Alexander has the second highest coverage grade in the league, and Dallas has one wide receiver you're scared of. Maybe we'll talk about Randall Cobb in a, in a revenge game, but it's really just Amari Cooper. Toss Alexander on Cooper, and you're taking away Dak's main weapon. 
Uh, and then Minshew, uh, I mean, he's getting it done. He's got a lot of swag. But this Panthers, uh, you mentioned Ky- Kyler Murray went up against the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers' defense looks pretty good, especially in the pass game. So uh, Minshew's cheap, and I always talk cheap quarterbacks because they allow you to do a lot more in DFS, but uh, probably not the week to use Minshew. Yeah, they, the Panthers have the number six defense grade and the number five pass coverage grade. They're second in sacks. They've only allowed 190 passing yards per game, despite facing Kyler, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, and Deshaun Watson probably the best run of quarterbacks any team's faced so far so I, i'm not using anybody against them let alone the sixth round rookie who is cool but who knows yeah uh, all right let's go to running back um th- those are studs we'll talk about some of those the cmc's the zeke's um but i think someone i'm really interested in is david johnson you've got some good stats and this one just blew my mind right the the Bengals have played four games and let's lead off with this first statistic you got here in four games how many running backs have at least 14 points Seven different running backs have been up 14 <laughs> points. Games. How does that happen? Three different 49ers. It is insane <laughs> how many how many points they get up to running backs. So it they they've I think it's three of them have top 20. They're top two in yards allowed, the top two in touchdowns allowed, the top two in receptions allowed. And with all these other teams having diversifying and attacking them from all these angles, all that's going to be concentrated back down to David Johnson this game because he's the only game in town for Arizona. He's going to have a monster game. Yeah, he is part of the team, Jan. If you can get McCaffrey and say David Johnson as your two bell cow running backs, I think you are on your way to a, uh, a very strong performance this week. So uh, I absolutely agree with David Johnson. I got no negativity, um, 100% all in on that play. Uh, you want to talk about Zeke too? Jordan Howard, right, just did this to Green Bay. <laughs> now, I, I think that if the Cowboys, right, if they go back to the game plan they used last week, I think it might work this week. So maybe, maybe I, I, this is the week you want to run the ball. Dallas, not last week. Right. It's Green Bay absolutely shut down everything about the Chicago offense in week one. But if we take that game out of the equation, maybe that's fair, maybe that's not. But week two to week four, backfields have averaged 234 yards and two touchdowns. That's, that should be a three-week total. And there, Green Bay is just absolutely getting feasted on by these backfields. Ezekiel Elliott might not have, not, not have had the upside so far that we want out of him. But in this game, there's no reason to think he can't go off. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I like that call quite a bit. Um, one guy, I of course, CMC, right? I feel like uh, maybe I shouldn't even talk about CMC, but he's just, he's so good. He's playing every snap. How do you not want to play this dude in every single lineup you make? 33.9 DraftKings points last week at $8,800 or 87. And he drops 100. He puts up 34 points and he takes $100 off the salary. I don't understand it, but that's how it works at DraftKings. He had uh, 117 opportunities. That's Russia's plus uh, targets over the first four weeks, which is insane. Uh, the Jags' run D is ranked 15th uh, on, uh, on uh, rush grade at PFF, but they're allowing the sixth highest success rate uh, on rushing plays on gridiron IQ. I know we have other options, but I said it last week. He's $1,000 too cheap last week. He's $1,000 too cheap this week. These every down, don't come off the field, passing game, workhorse running backs are so valuable in DFS they have such a high floor and high ceilings that he's just he's too cheap. And if you can get him into your lineups, uh, you probably should. And I want to roll from that uh, into Leonard Fournette, who uh, he, he's CMC light. Now, he might not be as good. He might not be as fast. But when you're playing every snap, that's all that really matters when you're a running back in the NFL. And that's what Fournette is. He took a couple of snaps off last week, right? He's in the altitude, huffing and puffing a couple of plays, whatever. I'm not holding that against him to not play hundred percent of the snaps. I'm expecting him to play hundred percent this week. 
Um, the Carolina Rundy is graded 20th in run grade with 21st in tackling. Uh, you talk that tackling grade. And if you can't tackle, good luck trying to stop Leonard Fournette. Uh, I know the team total's not too high, but when you're these, these workhorse, every down, pass catching involved running backs, um, he's another guy that's just a, a thousand, if not more, too cheap on DraftKings. Um, so I absolutely love Leonard Fournette this week. You got I don't really think you can say anything to talk me off of that. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to. I, I agree with you on that. He's the thing about Fournette is we we picture him as like this this plotter, not pass catcher like Derrick Henry, but he's I think fourth in the league in targets among running backs right now. And um, I lost my point. Crap. I had another point to make, and it was a good one. Let's just pretend it was excellent. Yeah, I mean, he's Leonard Fournette. What, all, what more do you want to say? Uh, all right, <laughs> you got, you got, you're mixing it up with me on the value plays. you got a couple guys I think are going to come in pretty low owned this week for a couple of various reasons. So I'll give you the floor here and uh, see if you can convince me to use these guys. Well, I mentioned it earlier. I still like Austin Eckler for one more week because we see these these running backs that come in after long absences like Melvin Gordon. I We don't know what his conditioning is like. We don't know how his, his hamstrings are going to – hold up to this kind of workload so I think they ease him in I think we still see a lot of Eckler workload especially on these short passes against the Broncos and Denver has a lot of the fifth most points to the running back so far so I don't think anybody else is going to be on Eckler this week because of Gordon's return but I think he could might make a, a nice little return on investment yeah I thought you were onto something with uh, no one was going to be on him but in our first run of ownership projections I'm, I'm a little surprised he's 16 percent which I think is is probably a uh, a little higher than I was expecting. I was expecting single digits. We got to see if that where that goes towards over the week. But I think it's the big price drop we're getting to. And then you have Leonard Fournette just want ham on him. And if we get somewhere, and hey, Austin Eckler is going to get sixty-five percent of the work at sixty-seven hundred. I still think that's that's a pretty reasonable play. So I like that one. The other one you got for me is a little different. So this one's a uh, Devin Singletary. What do you see in here? Well, I, everyone's forgotten about him because he's missed two weeks. And assuming he's back this week, the guy's had 10 carries so far. Seven of them have gone for at least 10 yards. Anybody else that has – there are 21 running backs who have had at least uh, six carries of 10-plus yards. Everyone but him has had at least 25 carries so far. He's an absolute chunk play waiting to happen. And if he's back on the field, we can see those chunk plays pile up quickly. Um, I want to throw two guys at you, and I want to see what sticks. One is 6,100 on DraftKings. The other is 5,900. This is a tough decision I'm going to be making in a lot of my lineups if I'm not using both of them. One's Joe Mixon. The other's Aaron Jones. Uh, so Mixon going up against Arizona. Mixon has had just an absolutely horrific start to the season. I don't know if I'm completely holding it against him. His offensive line's horrible. But when you go against Arizona, it cures all the sicknesses that you have as an offense. Uh, Arizona 28th run-graded defense so far on Pro Football Focus while allowing the fourth most rushing yards. They lose John Ross. You've got to think Joe Mixon is the focal point of the offense in this game. He's 6,100. And then the other one is Aaron Jones. As long as Jamal Williams out, I'm not expecting Dexter Williams to come and really take too much workload. Um, Dallas is allowing the third highest rushing success rate, the fourth most yards before contact, along with a middle-of-the-road uh, rush defense grade and tackling grade on pro football focus. Which one of these is, is the right choice? This is a tough decision for a lot of people. I don't think either one's the wrong choice, but is one better than the other? I, I think you got to go Aaron Jones on this one. I agree with everything you said on Mixon, and he could get unleashed this week, but we know what this, the Packers situation is with Aaron Jones. Everyone wants them to free Aaron Jones. Now they don't have a choice. Dexter Williams is just going to be there 
as an insurance policy. So all we've wanted is Aaron Jones to get the full workload. He's finally going to get it. Of those two guys, I'm definitely more on Jones than Mixon. Uh, you got any duds you're looking at? I think this kind of goes back to what you were talking about already. Yeah, my, my big one is just Le'Veon Bell. I, f- I mean, he's such a big name. He got so much work the first few weeks. But he, his quarterback, no matter who it is, is not going to be at full strength or is going to be Luke Falk, who has no full strength, and the Eagles, you can't run on him. Bell or Eckler? They are Eckler. Be- Bell is 100 more, or 100 less than Le'Veon Bell. I, I mean, I, if those – if those are the two choices, I'm going Eckler without even a hesitation. Yeah, they're currently the same ownership, same price, basically, on the board on DraftKings. Yeah. Hey, I wanted that, to throw that. Wanted to throw that's that an easy that. call. <laughs> um, I want to go uh, a little deeper. I always like to try to find a couple of r- decent running backs uh, that you can use in tournaments at low ownership. So my, my, I got two darts of the week for you. The first one, uh, we're, actually, we're, we're going to London for both of them. You ready? We're going across the pond, Daniel. I got Tariq Cohen. Uh, off the top rope for you, 1% ownership with the check down artist at, known as Chase Daniel at his quarterback. Uh, last year with Chase Daniels, in two games, 19 receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown. That's Tariq Cohen's stat line with Chase Daniel at quarterback. I know David Montgomery's in the mix here, and they're using uh, Cohen as, as this receiver, but if these are all these low dot throws, Cohen is going to be a dude getting a lot of them. Again, Taylor Gabriel might not be in this game too. So we're, we're, if he's out of there, that kind of takes in some of those little short screens. Those will turn into Reek Cohen catches. Um, he's pretty interesting to me this week on DraftKings specifically. And I think uh, if, if I told you Tariq Cohen was 4,800, what would you think Josh Jacobs price on DraftKings is? I would hope that it's in the 56, 57 at least. It's 4,500 on draft. Good games. Lord. Um, so that, this is that's this crazy. Is, yeah. If the ownership looks really low, and because this is a night game over in London, right? This is on the main one o'clock slate. Josh Jacobs should not be 4,500. He is not drawing a lot of ownership in our first projections. Uh, he is currently sitting at, let me find Josh Jacobs. Uh, at 3%, 3%, Jamino, fix these numbers. He's not going to be 3% owned, but he's going to be single, like high single digits for a $4,500. If the game script's going his way, right, every 20 touch, a couple of receptions to that is too cheap. Uh, and if he's coming in low owned, uh, keep your eye on Josh Jacobs. I, I couldn't believe that $4,500 price tag. Yeah, it's, he's, if he was expensive, he'd be terrified against the Bears. But a full-time back like that with the workload he's likely to get and saving money so you can spend it elsewhere, nothing wrong with that. Matchup seems tough. I think it just reduced the price too much. So if the game script works in his favor, sort of like last week, he had himself an okay game. And I think an okay game, if he falls into the end zone, right, he's at 15 to 20 fantasy points at 4,500. You're running to the bank on that in tournament. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, anything else at running back or you want to get to the one of the main goods here you want to jump into Scott's article yeah we can move on to Scott all right let's get expected fantasy points up this is what Scott does every week and at some point we thought Scott was going to be coming on next week but we had to delay that a couple of weeks Scott's going to be coming in he's going to be pinch hitting for Daniel and Daniel has to take care of some personal things in a in a couple of weeks coming up but you look through this you've been along the ride with Scott on this article for a long time Um, what are some plays really standing out to you here for this week well, I thought uh, the, his note on Wayne Gallman was really interesting. They, you know, we, Saquon Barkley's gone. Wayne Gallman is not Saquon Barkley, and we know that. That said, they used him like he was. He had the same number of carries that Barkley had in, in week two. He had more targets, and he had just as many red zone opportunities as Barkley has had in all these weeks. They, so we're, 
Gallman is not going to ever carry the same upside that Barkley carries, but he's going to offer the same workload and he's going to get close to that. And all you're not going to ask for him to be the same. As long as he's getting close to Barkley's production, Mm -hmm. he's going to be worth it every week. So Gallman got, he's the anti Josh Jacobs. He, he was 4,600 last week. He has a tough matchup now and he's 5,400. And this, you know, should basically be what Josh Jacobs price is. Uh, I think I'd probably still take Jacobs over Gallman because you're saving what $900 on DraftKings. Um, but 5,400 for a workhorse every down running back. I know game script isn't in his favor, but if it does go his favor, you're getting, he's, he's under 10% owned right now. Um, pretty interesting play, right? Yeah. I, I think I, 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 that strikes me. And because oh, we're on look, Scott's look piece, Josh Jacobs, I will, good, good job, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're on Scott's piece, I remember the note I wanted to drop about Leonard Fournette earlier because my brain went crazy. All right. Fournette is at 518 yards in the year with no touchdowns. The next most yards without a touchdown is, I think, 340. Mm-hmm. So he is absolutely due to get some touchdowns in. And once you get all this yardage, you start scoring some touchdowns, that's why his value is going to be great. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of guys. I got a tight end that hasn't scored a touchdown yet, where if he had gotten in the end zone once or twice, we would all be playing him this week. And because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, nobody really wants to play him. So I well, think I know who you're talking about. Well, it's, uh, it, uh, it hurts to talk about that, the, the, the guy's name right now. Dropping, <laughs> dropping bad puns left and right here. Uh, all right, let's go to receivers. Uh, you got a stud, Michael. T- I don't know what's going on. I, this is another guy. I know the ADOT's low, right? I know Michael Thomas isn't, doesn't have Drew Brees catching the ball anymore, but he's 6,600 at home against Tampa Bay. Uh, looks like Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why anybody would be off him this week. I don't care if it's Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care if it was Luke Falk throwing him the football. I, I made a lot of money last week with my golf, cup, wood stack against Tampa Bay. It was entirely because I wanted these slot weapons against them. Well, there is no better slot weapon in football in the recent years than Michael Thomas. His uh, yards per route run on slot receptions over the last three years is 3.66. That is, almost, that is the best in the league by almost a full yard. A.J. Green is second at 2.85 yards. Michael Thomas led the league last year, led the league year four, and he's second this year. So great, short targets, whatever. He's going to take them and do monster work with them. I'm using him everywhere. So I posed you this question. I don't know if you saw it. Tyler Boyd is the same price, and we've got the same ownership projections on these guys to start the week. Which one of these, if you had to, I don't know if you can afford both on like a cash team this week. you got to choose between one. Boyd looks pretty good as well. But if you use Boyd, do you really want to use Auden Tate in that same lineup? Who's going to be popular? I, I, I mean, do you just want all the passing game? You got to kind of think about this sometimes too. So um, I, I think I'm leaning Michael Thomas as it stands right now. I reserve to change my mind, but I think I'm probably going to end up with Thomas over Boyd. I, I'm on Thomas and short of aliens coming down, I'm not changing my mind. I'm locked on that one. All right. Um, let me go to a couple of wide receivers. I like, uh, of course we got Julio. He's the lowest owned uh, of all the studs out there. I already mentioned, I love Matty ice. Uh, so if you were looking, you know, Keenan Allen's going to be popular again, right? We've got him uh, at almost 30% ownership again. Hopkins is going to draw ownership because Watkins is going to be higher owned than Matt Ryan. Uh, we've got Chris Godwin with a lot of ownership. So if Julio's going to be out there with not a lot of ownership as the, uh, I think probably the best stud receiver in, in the league right now, uh, I will certainly make that swerve in tournaments. And that just sort of reinforces my uh, Matty Ice take from earlier in the show as well. 
Um, we've got this Adam Thielen squeaky wheel. So we've, we've tried the shower narrative, right? That didn't work. We've, the, we did, did you know there was, um, there was a, a Bible study narrative between Will Disley and Russell Wilson. So, so we had that. And now we've got the squeaky wheel narrative going this week with Adam Thielen. We've got all these Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, absent from practice mysteriously Wednesday. He's, he's wanted out of Minnesota, I think, for a little bit. He wants to get into a team that wants to kind of throw the ball. I don't know if it's – I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, but Adam Thielen was barking after, after that game. Um, Giants D 30th, only behind the Bengals and Dolphins and pass coverage grade at PFF. Do, do you think – do you think they get him the ball or are they just going to be like, Adam, we know, we know you're mad, but guess what? We're going to win this game and we're just going to run the ball. Cause that's what we're going to do. I've got to think they make a point to get him the ball. You were talking about the, the Falcons having two of the top eight wide receiver quarterback matchup situations. The Vikings have number one and number two. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a perfect setup assuming they throw the ball at all. And after this, that talk, they need to keep him happy. That cousin stealing connection. If they're going to go anywhere, that t- connection has to work a little bit. They can't just give the ball to Dalvin Cook every time. So I think we're gonna it's going to be a feeling week this week. All right, let's uh, let's talk Auden Tate here. Uh, give me the spiel. What, what, what is some people out there that listen to the pod? They don't know what an Auden Tate is. So tell them what an Auden Tate <laughs> is, and then tell them if he's a good playable option for us this week. Auden Tate came out of nowhere last week. I didn't see it coming, and he came out and had a big game. And then he followed it up this second, in week four, did the same thing again. Across the two weeks combined, he's 10 for 14, 138 yards. And, he, and uh, Arizona this week has allowed a higher percentage of explosive pass plays. That's plays of uh, 20 or more yards of, than any team but Miami. 20.6% of the pass plays against them have gone for 20 yards. That is a huge percentage. Tate's going mean, to, with Ross gone, with Green still out, there's not a lot of options left, and Tate is rising up the target more. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell the people, just imagine Auden Tate, <clears throat> pretend he's a tight end because he, lo- he's a, he looks like a tight end Absolutely. when he's on the field. And what do tight ends do against Arizona? They get a lot of fantasy points. So, hey, just think of him as a tight end this week at, in your wide receiver spot and uh, take a long look at Auden Tate. I think he's going to end up being pretty popular in just about all formats. Uh, and you got another interesting one. I talked about uh, Tariq Cohen, but we got we got the backup narrative and the the low A dot narrative here. Javon, Javon Wims out of nowhere uh, last week. I mean, this is like a, an ultra deep tournament sleeper for yeah. for your one and one fifties. This is just an absolute deep dive, but he had 56 yards with Chase Daniel in there after having you know, done all this work off the, on the in the practice field with Chase Daniel as the backups. And with like you said, Taylor Gabriel still out, if they don't use Tariq Cohen in those short things, it's going to be Wims getting the ball. Anthony Miller's not doing anything, so. I could see him having a decent game. I'm not over the moon for him, not 100% locking him in or anything, but I do think he's a name worth keeping an eye on. All right. Uh, let's hash out the uh, Tampa Bay wide receivers. If you got to pick between one, and, uh, you know, if you're using Winston, you can make lineups with Winston with one of them, or you can use both and run it back with Thomas or Kamara. Now, that gets really expensive if you do that, but you can fit in some lower priced guys to make that lineup work today. But if you're forced to pick a Tampa Bay wide receiver, which one is, I think they're pretty equal. I'm leaning, I'm leaning Evans this week. If I, if I got to choose one, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning Godwin just barely. Uh, we've seen Evans go up against Marshawn Lattimore, I think four times and three times Lattimore has gotten the better side of that. Not by a lot. Evans is not a bad play. I don't think you're making a mistake here, but if I had to pick one over the other, I'd probably go Godwin just slightly. Um, New Orleans allowing the sixth highest amount of 20 plus yard targets this year. Sign me up for Mike Evans. I know that matchup. It was a PJ Lattimore in the slot, something like that. I yeah. think for New Orleans. PJ Williams. Yeah. PJ Williams. Um, not good. 
either. Uh, I know Lattimore has a pretty bad grade for the Saints as well this year too. So I, I think it's a pretty tasty matchup. Uh, just hope the Saints are able to maybe get a couple of maybe they actually throw the ball more than five yards down the field and are able to, to put up some points in this game. Uh, another guy I like who uh, I don't see a lot of ownership. If, if I told you there was a wide receiver out there who has, uh, let me see, let me pull him up here. One, he's 4,900 on DraftKings. He has nine, seven, seven, and eight targets with three plus 13 fantasy point games with two of those games being 22 and 24 fantasy points. And nobody's going to, nobody wants to roster him this week. This sounds like a good tournament play. I think the problem is, is, is stupid quarterbacks, Joe Flacco. I'm talking about Cortland Sutton. You can mix in Emmanuel Sanders. He's just 5,100 as well in this game. I know it's against the chargers and the chargers on paper have some, some decent quarterbacks, but I mean, it's a really close compact target tree in Denver it's Sanders it's Sutton fans gonna get a couple Lindsay's gonna get a couple Royce Freeman's gonna get a couple but when Flacco goes back to pass and I think he's gonna have to because I like the Chargers to put up points in this game Denver season is, is just slowly washing away these guys need to prove you know Emmanuel Sanders he wants to get traded Sutton's gonna rise into like a number one receiver I can't believe he's just 4900 on DK this week yeah, he's fascinating. I wrote, even when Flacco joined the team, he actually works, what Flacco has done the last few years works well with Sutton. He has the second highest percentage of touchdowns going on deep balls, and that's Sutton's game. So it's still Joe Flacco. It's still a risk, but I, I like everything you're saying about Sutton. Sutton currently at, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I found him at 3% ownership. That sounds ah, pretty good. That sounds nice. pretty good. It'll go up a little bit, but not too much. I like him as a low-owned dart play. Uh, another guy, Will Fuller, uh, air yards King at some point it's coming, uh, with Kenny stills out of the way, maybe they funnel a little bit more into his way. He's still cheap enough to use. And last week I died on Marquise Brown Hill. I'm going back to it this week. Um, Lamar's expensive. It'll keep Brown's ownership down along with having a bad week last week. Um, Pittsburgh 20th and pass coverage grade at some point Marquise Brown is again, he's going to have these, a couple of monster games all season long. Um, so I know on FanDuel, I think on FanDuel, he's 5,400, cheap enough to use in cash games, in my opinion. But uh, on DraftKings, I think he's 57, uh, something like that. Let me find Marquise Brown very quickly. Oh, yeah, 5,700. Uh, so probably not cash games on DraftKings, but in tournaments, uh, I think I'm, I'm more than willing to lose some more money on Marquise Brown this week. So yeah. that's going to wrap up my receivers. you got a couple of duds, people you should avoid this week. Yeah, first one. I'm not sure if anybody be on him, but he did just have a big game. Corey Davis. Uh, his he has he only has five touchdowns in his career so far, and four of them have come in absolute cake matchups, plus one against the Patriots. So four out of five have come again in, in weak matchups. He is the most cornerback sensitive receiver in the league, and this week he's going to get either Tre'Davious White, who has allowed a 34.5 passer grade into his coverage this this season, or Levi Wallace, who has a top 20 coverage grade. Either way, this is a bad Corey Davis time. And then uh, Amari Cooper, more like Amari Pooper this week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Got to play Michael Gallup. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I said earlier. Jay Alexander, number two coverage grade in the league. Excellent cornerback. Who else they can put him on but Amari Cooper? So it's it's just a matter of the matchup there. And listen, if there's bad puns to be made, I'm going to be making them. For sure, <laughs> so, uh, All right, let's go to tight end. I'll start off the guy I was referring to who hasn't gotten to the end zone. If Zach Ertz has fallen into the end zone twice this year, we would all be clamoring, man, he's the best player in the world. I can't believe he's just $6,000 on DraftKings against the stinking Jets, right? And you look at a couple of numbers on the Jets. Oh, man, they're only allowing four-ish fantasy points to tight ends this season. Can't play Zach Ertz. 
that was New England, uh, new sweat. Rob Gronkowski, no longer with the Patriots, uh, so you don't have to worry about that. Cleveland, that was like the Njoku, Ricky Seals-Jones before he became a superstar again, right? Like, we're not worried about that. And that was Buffalo before Dawson Knox became a thing. So I, I'm not really worried about Zach Ertz going up against the Jets' defense. He's got double-digit fantasy points in every game. If he had fallen into the end zone in just one of those, at 6,000, we would just be jamming him into a bunch of teams this week. He's going to have some fairly high ownership, but not enough in my opinion. I, I think he's pretty good. I know there's some cheaper options, um, but, man, I know Alshon's back. If Alshon was out, I would really love him, and he'd really have – he'd be the bee's knees, but uh, I think Ertz is, is looking pretty juicy this week. Yeah, it's it's just a, if he's getting the targets and he can fight off Dallas Goddard, but I'm with you. One touchdown and he's more appealing. Yeah, the DVP, it doesn't look good. I mean, news and newsflash. You got to gotta look at that sometimes in, in the NFL to see what's going on here. Uh, so he's one of my stronger plays. You mentioned earlier Jimmy Graham. There is no Devontae Adams. So this is a play. It's tough for me to click on the, on the dad runners like Jimmy Graham and Greg Olson sometimes, but it looks like it could be a good spot. He's 4,300. That'll keep his ownership down. And as, as I'm glancing at the ownership, it looks like 1% right now. So yeah, uh, you got a nice play here if it works out. Yeah. Graham, we saw when Adams went out last week, they were throwing the ball to Graham in the end zone every chance they got. It didn't work out last week, but for the season now he has four end zone targets, which I believe is in the top, 15 in the league uh he scored on that one in week one hadn't scored any since well Devonta adams also has four end zone targets and when he was out last week they went to graham he's out this week they're going to go to graham marquez valdez scaling is not an end zone target so you, you know maybe he's not going to get a lot of yardage but when have you ever wanted jimmy graham for yardage since he left new orleans you're there for his touchdowns and he's going to get those shots all right one guy i like we'll talk about the the arizona flow chart in a second but uh, austin hooper right if uh, I won't make the same Amari Cooper joke I made with Austin Hooper, right? Like you can, you can make that work, but I like Austin Hooper quite a bit here. Again, the DVP Houston, not allowing targets. Look at it a little deeper. The saints, the Jacksonville and charge without Hunter Henry. No wonder why there's no tight end targets going to Houston so far this season. Um, uh, I mentioned, I like Matt Ryan. I like Julio Jones. I like Calvin Ridley. I like Austin Hooper. Um, he's really coming into his own this year. Uh, he's in the dome. Uh, I don't think he's expensive enough. And he, he's a guy, he's 4,500, right? And he should be like in the 5,000s if you ask me on DraftKings. So uh, I think we're getting a discount, uh, reasonable ownership. And uh, I mentioned my love for Matt Ryan this week. So he just fits in with all those stacks. Uh, all right, let's let's do flow chart. Can we use, um, you know, the walking Frankenstein of, of Tyler Eifert against Arizona? We already have one tight end in Auden Tate from the Bengals in our lineup, but we put them in the wide receiver spot. Can we put the actual tight end in them against Arizona? Give me a reason not to. I, I, I mean, can't think of one. If he gets hit, he's going to probably break. They they have not <laughs> hit a tight end all year. They haven't hit a tight end since 2007. I, I mean, it's Tyler Eifert, so it's lower upside than most tight ends who have faced him, but I don't care. It's, you're, Until, you're going for the uh, ends, you're going for the end zone looks and the touchdowns, and that's what Eifer brings from the Cincinnati offense. Until they shut down a tight end, and that'll that'll happen eventually. It has to happen eventually. But until it is has happened, I'm using a tight end every week. It's yeah, just a. I, I'm happy to be wrong one of those weeks eventually, and I'll take all the times I'm right until then. Um, another guy I like, Mark Andrews. He's got the best safety matchup. If you you have PFF, if you pull up the wide receiver cornerback chart, uh, I'll pull it up here. You can also pull up the tight end chart and you could see just like that they list advantages it's mark andrews going up against uh terrell edmonds 
uh, who was allowing a league high 3.72 yards per route covered and the second highest fantasy points per route covered so far this season. So Andrews, the deep balls against Edmonds looks like a complete mismatch. So if that actually uh, happens in game, look for Andrews to like that. I mentioned, I like Marquise Brown. I will like some Lamar Jackson. It gets a little expensive stacking them all together. Um, but I think you can make that work pretty easily. Um, you've got a couple of duds here and one of them, I, you know, I, I shot one of your duds down already. So we, we can t- talk over that. We're not going to speak of Austin Hooper as a dud unless you want to. Um, but let's <laughs> no, talk. I, 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 I'm not as in on him as you are, but I see your point. And I, I'll, I'll let you have that. 95 one. yards to who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, come on. Jared Cook and Greg Olson are on the list. Jared Cook is nothing this year. And oh, I'm, I'm convinced Olson is, is uh, I, I don't know if Olson, I think it's been a little smoke and mirrors for Olson so far. Sure. A lot of tight ends are nothing. So it's, it's only so much you can do with that. But yeah. I'm just saying, I think it's going to be a Ridley and Jones game. So I, that's why I'm not I, on in a Listen, I'm going to have so much Matt Ryan. It's not going to matter. Someone's going to score the touchdowns. I'm going to have him in that offense, except Devontae Freeman. I will not have him. I can tell you that much <laughs> right now. Uh, the other one's a little more interesting. Uh, you've got Waller in here, who is just when you're, uh, we talked about Fournette and CMC, when you're an every down running back, getting the ball involved in the passing game, on the, on the field every play, it's almost impossible to not have a good game. And it's sort of like that at the tight end position too because he doesn't come off the field and he runs routes and it's, and it's really hard to fail if, if you're just on the field running routes and getting opportunity and he's getting it. So what did you see in this matchup that maybe has you a little dicey on that? Well, it's, you, you talked about how if Ertz had fallen into the end zone a couple times, we'd be all over him. And the same thing is true of Waller. He has no touchdowns despite all that playing time. The problem is he's not getting in position to have these touchdowns. He has 37 targets, which is a third in the league of, of across all positions. He has not gotten a single target in the end zone yet, and I think he only has three red zone targets. So, great. If they want to throw the ball at the 50-yard line all season long, he's going to get plenty of yardage, and he's never going to score mm-hmm. touchdowns. And if you're not getting touchdowns, you're not helping as much in DFS as they want you to. So, mm-hmm. I, until, he, until he starts getting some of those targets down deep, I'm just not in on him. You got to think the scoring opportunity is probably a little limited. These these London games, if you guys are new to it, anything can happen in these games, right? This game could be three nothing. It could be fifty two to forty five. It could be anything in between. Literally anything can happen in these. We games. could have three touchdowns from Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> yeah, li- I mean, literally anything can and will happen in the London game. So there can be a lot of variance. In. It's just, um, it, it's a much different game um, being played over there with the the jet lag and preparation and teams do some weird things over there so um I, I still like waller i don't know if i'm down on him outside of the matchup but i also just talked up josh jacobs um being interesting at 4500 i think waller is a, a reasonable play at 5000 but uh give me give me austin hooper i know you didn't like austin hooper give me Ertz for a thousand more looks extremely safe i like andrews there's a lot of good tight ends it's just once you get out of those what six or seven tight ends it's just you really don't even want to click on any one of those guys so keep your core tight at tight end, and I think you'll do pretty good. And mix in Jimmy Graham uh, if you're looking for a sleeper out there. Like <laughs> point out. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it for week five of the Pro Football Focus Show. Uh, thanks to all you guys for watching and listening. We really appreciate it here. Go check out Daniel's work at Pro Football Focus, Scott's work at Pro Football Focus, all the other cool stuff. If you want premium stats that you can only get, uh, if you want to get all those team grades we were talking about and, and stuff like that, they got a nice, easy sheet for you uh, to look at all that, along with all the individual player grades, matchup charts, fantasy articles, anything you could want or need. If you can't find it here on Rotor Grinders, you can probably find it on Pro Football Focus. 
that's going to do it, Daniel. It's been fun. Uh, by the way, what's this cat been doing the whole show, dude? I was wondering. You know that. <laughs> My wife got a new kitten last week, and it's been everywhere. I, I've heard of jingling toys. I've been, I've been having fun. What's his name? Uh, his name? His name is Leroy, because we have another cat named Stitch. So Leroy and Stitch was the sequel. All right. And, well, well to say hi to Leroy. He's been entertaining. I've been watching him behind the scenes on the whole show. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for you and Leroy joining the show, and thanks to everyone out there for watching. I'm Britt, and we out you. Have a good one.